For almost 20 years now, Newcastle harness trainer Mark Callaghan has been chipping away with a small team of horses, winning his share of races and slowly earning the respect of rival trainers and drivers. In recent years, he's been bringing horses to Menangle on a regular basis and has built up a very healthy strike rate. New owners have started to patronise the stable and he's been picking up freelance race drives as well. He joins us on this week's podcast. Thanks for your time, Mark. Pleasure, Tabby. Well, you took a few to Menangle on Saturday night, came away without a winner. That happens to everybody. But I saw one that should have won in the first race of the night, down under stride. You had absolutely no luck. Yeah, no luck at all, Johnny. He went really good, the horse. He was uh, just bobbled out of his good gear for a few strides early, which is a bit un- unlike him, and got back back in the field and elected to drive him for a bit of luck after that first bit of uh, misdemeanour from him, and, and we had no luck at all, and he was full of running in the line, and as you say, uh, I think he would have been right in the finish had we, we got a gap. Vega Star ran a very good race first up later in the night. You'd have been tickled pink with that. I don't think you'd even trialled, had you? Yeah, he did have a, a couple of trials at Newcastle oh, and yep. uh, had performed well. But uh, Saturday night at Menangle, first up, I, I don't like doing it to my horses, but there just wasn't a, a suitable option around the provincials for him. And mm. he likes to, he likes the bigger tracks and... Uh, it was a suitable race last night, even though it was uh, he was first up. Uh, he, he performed really well. I was really happy with him, and um, I'm sure his fitness levels will grow and uh, he'll perform and have a really good campaign. Well, he's a horse to watch, Mark. Vega Star. Yeah, absolutely. He's got he's had a terrific uh, record for myself since we bought him from New Zealand, and he uh, he's won ten out of fourteen. Uh, so ten out of thirteen prior to last night, and and ran a creditable third last night. So I'm, I'm mm. sure he's in for a good campaign. Now, not even a miracle mile win could give you a bigger kick than the one you got last Saturday week at Newcastle, when your 16 year old son Jack made his debut with two drives. The first on Love and Miss Daisy, which got no clear run up the straight. The second was a winner, lethal star. He gave her the run of the race and charged home to win easily. Uh, you thought his first drive was the best of the two, amazingly enough. Yeah, absolutely. For a, uh, As you say, Jack's only 16 and he's only recently got his licence and that was his first night of racing. And, and uh, yeah, he was, he was on a horse with a chance in his first drive, loving Miss Daisy, and she had no luck. She was in behind the leader, but just the maturity he showed in the straight, didn't panic and you know didn't try to take runs that weren't there, and he he just was real patient and you know accepted that you know um, it wasn't working out for him and and you know just to bring the horse home safe and himself home safe and not put anyone else in a, in a position where they were going to get hurt. Uh, I felt was really mature of him and and I was really happy with it and. You know, everyone loves to drive winners, and but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And if you can, you know, show that maturity, I'm sure he's going to have a good career. How was he after the win, Mark? Uh, later on in the night, was he bubbly? Was he excited? Was he subdued? <laughs> Take it in his stride. How did he handle it? Oh no, he's pretty happy. You know, it's, he's very passionate about the game and the industry, and and that's all he wants to do is horses. And so, you know, he 
he really he really wants to make a go of it as a career. So for someone so passionate, um, you know, to get a win on the first night, he was highly excited and. You know, I don't think you got much sleep on Saturday night after the race. No. Well, Jack's no keener than you were at the same age growing up at Urimba on the Central Coast. One of your neighbours was the very respected trainer, Ross Chisholm, who was more than happy for you to help out around the stables after school. Yeah, I spent a, a lot of time with uh, Ross, especially in those early years after school. I, I'd spend every afternoon and every weekend down there helping him out and it didn't take me long to, to get the bug of the horses and, and once I got it, you know, it was just full on from there and I've had it ever since and probably will have for the rest of my life. It's something I really enjoy and and, and still enjoy, you know, 25 years later uh, or even longer, probably 30 years later. Mm. Um, but, but Ross, uh, in those early days, uh, taught me a lot and, and I've got a lot to thank him for. Ross Chisholm was rarely without a good horse. And when you went there, he had Stylish Guy, a little chestnut gelding who won 33 races in the 1980s. Later on, he won two heats of the Inter-Dominion Championship in Brisbane and ran a very good fifth in the grand final. Yeah, it was an amazing horse, John. I only got there, as you say, right at the end of his career and he'd, he'd just not long been up to Albion Park for that Inter-Dominion campaign uh, when Ross moved. Uh, into my street at Arimba and and I got to know Ross and also stylish guy obviously um, a short time later but he was a magnificent horse and obviously uh, one of Ross's best horses but mm. um, as you say Ross always had a always had a good horse in his stable and and uh, it was a great place to learn the trade. It's funny thing uh, the things that stay in your mind, Mark. Uh, he won a race at Bankstown one night. I think it was called the Show Cup, and I had one in the race, old Northern Boy. I ran third to him, and I can remember pulling up in the back straight after the race. Ross was so excited. Uh, I think the horse had had a little setback, and he'd missed a bit of work, and he really didn't expect him to win, and he was just so impressed and so moved by the way the horse had gone on the night, and uh, I remember he was jumping around in the cart. He, he was an excitable fellow, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely, and a great horseman too, you know, he, he was, as, as you said before, very rarely without a good horse in his stable and really knew how to condition them and and uh, taught, me, taught me a lot in, in that regard. And, um, you know, Michael Formosa was uh, at, at Ross's stable the same time I was and, mm. and we both got on to, to make a living out of the sport and I'm sure Ross is very proud of us both. One of the best horses Ross ever trained was Surfing Safari. He won 23 from only 33 starts, and Ross paid you a terrific compliment in 1997 when he gave you a couple of race drives on the horse. You actually won a cup race on Surfing Safari. I think it was the Bathurst. Was it the Bathurst Cup or the Bathurst Mayor's Cup? Uh, the Bathurst, yeah, the Bathurst Gold Cup. Uh, uh -huh. It was a standing start back in... In those days, and uh, pretty sure from memory, he came off 30 metres and and broke the track record at, at the old showground. And um, I'm pretty sure I'm right in uh, saying that he's still uh, on that track record now that they've moved moved to their new facility. And uh, yeah, it was a big performance and a and a huge thrill to get on a horse like Surfing Safari. He was 
It's only a small horse, but amazing animal and tough, mm. tough as teak. And it was just a shame that he uh, he broke down when he did. And I'm sure he would have uh, featured in the Grand Circuit for many years to come if he, he hadn't gone amiss. You drove Surfing Safari at his final start in a race. And the race was called the Ben-Hur. It was run for a few years at Harold Park, although it was discontinued some years before Harold Park closed. Uh, you'd remember that night well. I think you finished out of a place, but a great thrill for a young Mark Callaghan to be driving a horse like that under the lights at Harold Park. Oh, absolutely, John. Those, uh, those big races, well, any time, not only back then, but any time were, you know, what, what you were aspired to achieve. And uh, to be able to get in a race like that in such an early part of my career, you know, it was, it was fantastic and it was a real shame that he broke down when he did because I think I probably would have got a few more drives on him throughout his career, but it was an uh, amazing experience and, and something I'll never forget. During your time with Ross Chisholm, you decided to take on an electrical fitting apprenticeship, which you completed, and you actually work four years at one of the power stations in the Hunter Valley. Yeah, that's where my uh, apprenticeship was, uh, in the power stations around the uh, northern part of the central coast, and and it, it, was, it was good. I did a lot of shift work, so um, a lot of the, the night shift allowed me to spend a lot of time with the horses during the day, so... I'd go and do a lot of night shift and then and then spend the majority of the day with the horses, get a few hours sleep and then go back to work. So uh, it really suited my lifestyle at the time and, uh, yeah, it, it enabled me to to continue to, to work with the horses as well as having a job. It was 1999 when you decided to give it a fly solo. You needed a nice horse to kickstart your career and you got one in Gansia Guy. He won 18 races for Mark Callaghan. He finished up an M5C17. As good as he was, Mark, he was a terrible horse in front. He just would not focus if he happened to land in the lead. Yeah, amazing for a horse with such ability, John. You you rarely see them um, be so one-dimensional. Normally those really good horses, you know, they're very versatile. But but this fella, uh, early, early on when I had him, I... Jumped to the front a few times and it was in low grades and and he, he was very disappointed. So I started driving him be, from behind and mm. uh, he just went from strength to strength and he was just an exceptional chaser and uh, he he could really hit the line good and he did a super job for us and uh, you know probably got me going in the sport really. Mm. You had to be careful that you didn't get to the front too early on him. That was the secret, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Not only uh, um, he was a bad leader, he was also, once he hit the lead, like chasing from behind, he'd also be happy to pull up. But um, if you timed your run right and, and you got it right, he, uh, you know, he could get home in anything. Yeah, as they say, Mark, you had to get him in the shadows of the post. Absolutely. Another favourite was Nuclear Treaty, a New Zealand import. You won a string of races with him at Harold Park. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he won uh, around nine races at Harold Park on a Friday night, which is, was no mean feat back in the day. And uh, he he was a he was a bit of a funny horse too, John. He he was tough enough and strong enough to get up that straight at Harold Park, but you take him to a bigger track 
back in those days, like Newcastle was classified as a bigger track, and mm. and he he get beat. He was a, he was a real funny horse, but he had that bit of strength about him and the, enough speed to get up that straight at Harold Park and stick his head out in front. He never won by a big margin, but mm. uh, he was a really good horse for the stable, and and he uh, was one of my favourites actually. You know. In winning those nine races at Harold Park, he was driven on one occasion by the bloke who was dominating the sport at Harold Park in that era, Brian Hancock. Must have been an invitational race of some kind, and you drew Brian Hancock. You wouldn't have been too disappointed with that. No, absolutely not. Um, as you say, Brian Hancock was a legend of our sport and always will be, and dominated Harold Park for a long, long time, and when I first got my license and was going to Harold Park on a regular basis, you know, people like Brian Hancock, you could always look up to and, and learn a lot from. And I used to watch a lot of his driving from the sideline and try and learn as much as I could from him. And to actually have him drive one of my horses on that particular occasion was amazing. And and he did the job pretty well. He got the chocolates and uh, yeah, it was a huge thrill. You had a lot of time for a horse called Adu's Lucky Dip whose record should be better than it was. Yeah, he, he was a Kiwi that we bought over from New Zealand, obviously, and uh, he did well his first few starts and then got a really bad virus. Uh, uh, I spelled him and, and brought him back a couple of times. He was never the same horse, so I ended up putting him in the paddock, just out on the green mm. paddock and letting nature do its thing. And I left him out there for 12 months and he came back and he ended up, winning a string of races, including three or four at Harold Park for us. So he eventually did a good job, but for a while there, it wasn't looking too good. But um, horses and nature got an amazing way of healing, and uh, thankfully that's what happened to him. Culinary Delight is a mare that you speak very highly of. You won 13 races with her. One of those wins, she went 151.4 at uh, Menangle. You had great hopes for her at the time, and she won, uh, I think the night she went the good time, it was a really good quality race, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the uh, my first group group winner as a trainer when she won the Group 3 down at mm. Menangle, and mm. uh, Toddy McCarthy drove her for me, and, and she strung three in, a, three in a row together on a Saturday night, which is not easy to do, and mm. uh, that was an open mare's race on a Saturday night, and she got the job done really well, and uh, she was a mare that you know we didn't pay a lot of money for. Her. She was quite quite a cheap mare, really, and she came over and just did a super job and uh, won close to one hundred and fifty thousand mm. before we sold her on to America. And she's she's still doing a great job in America. I think she won uh, one yesterday over there, so she's doing doing still doing a great job and mm. was a wonderful mare and probably probably the best mare I've had in my stable. Yep. Rave Moonraker's been one of your favourites. Honest Horse, about 14 wins for your stable. Yeah, another one that we didn't pay a lot of money for either, John, and uh, he just got better and better and better and real real tough little fellow. He wasn't very big at all, but was never beaten. He probably he probably won four or five at Harold Park, oh, sorry, Menangle on a Friday mm. night, yeah. uh, on a Saturday night, and... He uh, he's also gone over to America, so hopefully he can do a job do a job over there for the connections. Loving Miss Daisy uh, out of a place on Saturday night, 
but she'll win again. She's won nine already for you. Yeah, she's doing a super job for the stable. Really enjoying her uh, training. Her she she's a family owned horse, so it's always a pleasure to train for the family. And uh, she she continues to do a good job, and I'm sure she's got a few more wins left in her. Got to go lucky about ten wins. Yeah, she was one of the first horses uh, when I decided to take up training again full time, which is probably about five years ago. Uh, I always had one or two in the stable, but not uh, not on a full time basis. I was working and and uh, had a young family. But when I decided to go back full time, got to go lucky. It was one of the first horses we we got back in the stable, and she did a great job and uh, probably helped. Help get a few new clients, which is always important. Millwood Liberty, a mare by Christian Cullen. Now, were you training her for Darren Binskin at one stage? Uh, Darren, Darren had her in his stable, and she just had a little injury um, to one of her tendons uh, early on in her career, and he knew that I had a swimming facility on my property, and and I'd uh, had a couple of horses with tendons that I'd managed to get back to the races and. And there were the country series races that uh, Harness Racing New South Wales had not long put on for the country trainers. And Darren approached me and asked if I'd take her and, and work on a tendon for him and and also to if I could get her back to the races to target those particular country series races with her. And uh, we managed to get a tendon really good and uh, she... She did a great job for the stable. She won a heap of races and then mm. after she left the stable, she went up to Grant Dixon's and then came back to Darren's after that. Uh-huh. I think she ended up winning close to 300000 She was an amazing mare and she's in foals the better delight now. And mm. I'm sure she'll throw – she's an exceptionally bred mare and I'm sure she'll throw some really good quality uh, stock. Mark, you've got one surprise ambition and that's to one day train a galloper. Yeah, it's something uh, that's kind of been niggling away at me for the last four or five years, John, and uh, I'm sure I'll do it one day. Uh, when when that actually happens, I'm not sure, but I'm sure I'll do it one day, and uh, it's something I'd really, uh, really like to do and I'd really look forward to doing, actually. Your middle son, Harry, is 14, and he doesn't have Jack's passion for the harness horses. No, he doesn't, but... Um, he, he's a he's a more of a social social child, Harry, and uh, he really enjoys the social side of things, getting to the races, and um, all the three boys come to me, uh, come with me when I go to the races, and mm. uh, they they all love it in their different ways. And uh, Harry's more of the social side of things, and really enjoys that part of it, and. I'm sure he'll find what he wants to do in life, but you know, occasionally he comes down and he'll surprise me, and he'll really get in, involved with the horses. And so you never know; one day he might uh, he might take up the horses. But at this stage, I, I think he'd probably lead to something else. The youngest boy, Tom, is 11, and he does seem pretty keen on the horses. Yeah, he's amazing. He he seems to have a real real knack with the horses, and they they just seem to be really happy with him around him around them as well uh, seems to have a bit of a gift them, with them and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll go down the line of harness racing or or at least with horses at some stage 
and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he develops over the years. Well, with you and three sons, poor old mum, Simone, is badly outnumbered. Yes, very outnumbered, but, uh, you know, Simone's a great great help around the stables and just the rock, rock of the family, like most uh, like most families, the, mm. the lady of the house is the rock and, and controls things and gets things organised and, you know, the kids and the, the husbands are just there for the tag along for the ride, but uh, <laughs> Simone's, an ama- Simone's an amazing support to myself and, and, and a great mum, to my three boys, you know, and uh, yep. you know, she works. She works three days a week in childcare, and and then comes and runs the house and does all my bookwork. And so she's she's got a full on full on life. But uh, she is she inv- invaluable. Is the word absolutely <laughs> invaluable and uh, <laughs> yeah. does a great job. It was a nerve wracking experience for her, no doubt, watching Jack drive in a race for the first time. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, quite anxious and quite nervous about it, but she understands that you know that's Jack's passion and that's what he wants to do. So she's very supportive of him in that regard, and you know, she was the first one to be out on the track to congratulate him. And uh, you know, it was a great night for the family, and you know, I'm sure her nerves will start to abate over the time. But you know, she just she just wants him to be safe and mm. uh, also you know to be to be happy to do what he wants to do in life and at this stage, uh, horses is what he wants to do. Mark, I think one of the most accurate barometers of the way uh, your reputation is starting to climb in the sport is the fact that trainers like John McCarthy, Kerry-Ann Turner, uh, Jim Rando, Sydney trainers, uh, in the last couple of years, you've been picking up freelance drives when they bring horses up there. Yeah, it's um, it's a very uh, very satisfying thing, John, to have trainers like that to support me in my driving ranks. You know, like, um, they're great people and great great horse people as well. You know, so to have their support is you know very satisfying as a driver to know that you know they they trust me with their horses and and give me their drives, and uh, you know I'm very appreciative of that. Had a story on the website last week on Ryan Ryhorick, who's about to win his fifth consecutive South Australian Trainers Premiership, recently set up a new property at a place called Two Wells, and he was telling me that there is nothing else in life he wants to do, Mark. He said, I want to be a standard bred horse trainer for the rest of my days. He said, I'm here for the long haul. And I get the distinct impression that you feel exactly the same way. Uh, I love it, John. You know, to get up every morning and walk out the back door and, and see the horses and, you know, spend the day in my office, so to speak, you know, just potting around my little property and, you know, just working with the horses, you know, I just absolutely love it. And, you know, I'll be doing it for a long time to come yet, I hope, and, uh, you know, with a family involvement now and, you know, that gives me even greater pleasure to have, you know, my son working for me and, and the other boys that are there for the support and Simone's all, always there whenever we need a hand. And, you know, if, you know to be able to work and, and make a career out of something you love as much as I do is, you know, really pleasing. And, and I don't, you know, a lot of times I don't feel that it is work. So, um, you know, the passion's 
still there and uh, I doubt if it'll ever leave me really. Mark, a delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Absolute pleasure, John, anytime, mate.